Happy Pepto-Pismo Sunday. You all were thinking it. Don't lie to me. No, truly, happy Gaudete Sunday. Now, there's only two times a year you get to see a, a priest wear rose. It's not pink, it's rose. We, we get offended. So, no. The reason why we have this week, and why four weeks into Lent that we have Latari Sunday, is because in the midst of preparation, or in the midst of penance, which is where you get you know, purple equals penance and preparation. We need some levity. We need some joy. And how beautiful it is that just about a week from today, we return to the very moment that hope dawns in creation once more. Because for you and I, the reality is that we can look at everything in the world, be utterly, completely filled with despair because the world is going very quickly in the opposite direction. And then we look at ourselves and we say, I'm actually not too far behind them. And then all of a sudden we fall into despair and say, it's pointless. And then we get this lovely little reading from the, second, from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. May the God of peace make you perfectly holy. Now, as I was praying through these readings, this struck me. You see, the key to understand all of Gaudete Sunday from the collect, through all of the readings, to understanding why John the Baptist is doing what he's doing is actually in two words, and they're found in the second reading, perfectly holy. You know me. You know you're about to get a Greek lesson. Perfectly holoteles. If you break it down, it's kind of a compound word. If you break it down, completely ordered to the final end for which we were made. That's what perfectly means. So not perfectly as if you and I, at some point on our earthly journey, are going to be without fault. No, scripture says, even the just man sins seven times daily. So, I'm sorry to say, but for all of us that really want to no longer sin this side of eternity, that's not happening. But it should give us hope, holoteles, to be completely ordered to the final end for which we were made. And what is that final end? Christ. Union with God, adoration and worship. And if you look at the opening prayer, it talks about us rejoicing with what? With solemn worship. This is the moment in the year 
where we realize that without my adoration, without me actually delving into the church's life by means of the Mass, I have a gaping hole. And when I have this gaping hole, I cannot do anything but try to fill it. But when we actually worship, when we sacrifice the entirety of our being upon this altar, that is where rejoicing comes in. Why? Because for too long, we've been told, you are not quite good enough. Go back, get some work done, then come and possibly then you will be able to worship. No, I don't care where you have been. I don't care how far you have fallen. I don't care how broken you you ascribe to yourself. You and I are called in this moment to make a complete, full, and irrevocable gift of ourselves by means of the Mass. But how does this play into us in a, in a unique way? Because today is December 17th. We, we move now from expectation of the second coming to expectation of the first. How does this orient us to worshiping Christ in the manger? There's one reason and one reason alone that you and I should actually do this this complete, full, and irrevocable gift of ourselves. It's because Christ comes to save, to make holy. The second word, hadyasai. Hadyasai is applied specifically to God's activity. You and I, We cannot make ourselves holy. So stop wasting the effort. That is God's job. Our job is to cooperate with that. So how do we enter into this had yesai? By allowing us to holoteles, order ourselves completely to the end for which we are created, worship. This is how we are made holy, right here. Not the amount of rosaries that we pray or the amount of time we spend in adoration. Good, they complement. What makes us holy is actually putting ourselves on the altar as a sacrificial offering so that God can take us and make us what we are meant to be. Using that to understand the gospel, now we can have some fun. John is not the Christ. So why does he baptize? John baptizes in preparation. But what is he? A voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Beyond Easter, Christmas is the highest feast of the year. Why? Because it's in that moment that Christ begins to shed hope upon the world. Because at the Annunciation, only a few people knew. But in the manger in Bethlehem, in a cave, turned away, scorned, looked at with suspicion, 
Christ comes into the world. Well, let's see. Turned away, scorned, looked at with suspicion, not enough room. Sounds like most of our hearts. We turn him away. We scorn him. We say there's not enough room. And yet he chooses to be born in our hearts. He chose to be born in ignominy for the sake that there is no place he is not willing to go. Your heart, my heart. There is no place beyond him. I don't know about you. That gives me a lot of hope. Because that means that I don't need to have all of my stuff together before I can approach Christ. That means I can let him make me holy. Hatyasai. Even if I am not prepared for it. So long as I order myself towards his worship. So long as I, as I order myself toward him. So here he comes in less than eight days. Are you and I going to take these eight days and scramble around to try to get the last minute gifts good and holy? Or can we spend just a little more time giving ourselves away little by little? So that way when Christ comes, he's actually receiving all of us. I don't know about you. Christmas must be different this year. It must take a little bit more of ourselves. It must claim us. Because without Christmas, darkness reigns, war rages, Peace dies. But upon Christmas, even World War I stopped. Praise to be Jesus Christ.